In fact, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that you guys are the MVP of 2020 in every single sport possible. Hey, what's good? And welcome back to Starting on the Bench. It's a place where normal people can talk about the sports they love. Episode 23, The Last Dance. Honest thoughts. Truly honest thoughts of the remaining five episodes for the documentary series that ESPN and Netflix did together. Majority of it was ESPN, but thank you for Netflix for showing. I live outside of the U.S., and sometimes it's kind of hard to watch an ESPN when they ask for $5 million. No, I'm just kidding. And it just it, it takes a lot of money. Uh, to maintain the ESPN Plus. So, in honor of Michael Jordan, this episode goes out to him. Next time I'll mention it in episode 45 and say, nah, it doesn't feel natural as 23 does. <laughs> if you've seen the episodes, I'll go episode by episode later in a bit. But I just want to throw out this kind of shout out to, uh, thank you for Jason Jason Ayer for directing and every single editor and research person for bringing this to life. I mean, you guys are the real MVPs. In fact, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that you guys are the MVP of 2020 in every single sport possible. Statistically speaking, 23 million homes in the world watched The Last Dance. One episode after another. Episodes 1 to 5 came out in the previous podcast. And now we're doing 6 to 10. But they did uh, 5 weeks of 2 episodes. Uh, every single Sunday at 9pm. A lot of people watched it. A lot of people uh, really commented on it. As well as gave their honest opinion. But this is my uh, truly honest. Because sometimes it feels like. Like people say it's based on the true story. It actually is based on a true story. It's not the true story. But it's based on. So just a lot of questions about different episodes. Um, man. I'm, I'm kind of sad now. Because it, it, it finished. It was something to look forward to every week. Wish we had more obviously. But I think that it gives a way for. Uh, it gives a platform for other athletes. To create docu-series. And once again Michael is creating a way for others. For athletes. For basketball players. A lot of people are commenting that. The Patriots should get their own, uh, you know, documentary series. I kind of, there's no point of having documentary series for the Patriots because they already have so many series on Facebook, on YouTube, um, a thing on their personal website you can find a bunch to stream. A couple of weeks ago, at one point, I watched 15-minute documentary on uh, Tom Brady's uh, jersey whenever he lost in the, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl 49 and 51. So it was kind of crazy that give me any kind of docu series, I'll I'll watch, I'll talk about it because it's interesting. You know, it's always you always want to go, and that's this is something I, I keep on interrupting myself. Social media allows you to go behind the curtain of a of an athlete's life, and the same thing with documentary series. It allows you to go in and watch them, observe them, how they live outside of the spotlight, which is kind of crazy because you're creating a spotlight there, but. It's interesting. So, without further ado, let's go through the episodes because I got a bunch of things to say about them. I mean, obviously, episode six kind of continues on with this idea that, you know, everybody wanted a little piece of Michael, a little, a little bit of everybody wanted to touch him, you know, as he was driving out of the games. Everybody brought their, you know, like babies or kids, and they're like, Michael, touch my kid, touch my baby, as if like his glow, his glory is going to rub off of them. 
I just kind of like, uh, I guess <laughs> I'm not really sure, but I guess it's a thing that everybody, everybody thought Michael was special and therefore they brought their kids, their t-shirts. There's actually a, a crazy story about this book coming out and felt like, uh, Mike was untouchable and he was glorious until this book came out. They kind of started un uncovering different aspects of Michael's life, including gambling, which is, I think, again, Michael is such a meme, even back then, where he's like, <laughs> any face that he makes, boom, there's a meme. Even during this documentary series, whenever he would be like, the Michael Jordan right now, and then the Michael Jordan before, people made so many memes. And so... Obviously, before and still now, media cr criticizes and finds a way to tell, uh, you know, a captivating story that it's not necessarily true. You know, it, it brought attention to Michael, uh, sometimes necessary and unnecessary tension, but everybody was so obsessed with Michael. And it kind of goes on with explaining that, you know... If in the beginning of this docu-series, we talked about different players, Dennis Rodman, uh, Scottie Pippen. We talked about Phil Jackson and how, you know, what an amazing coach he is, which I think he won six championships with um, the Chicago Bulls. Then he won two championship rings uh, when he was in New York Knicks. So that's eight. And then he won a few others with the Lakers. So I think it totals to 13 rings which kind of crazy because that's uh roughly around that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot of rings it just keeps on going about how amazing these this team was and the coaching and the administration and front office and all that and episode seven and eight it kind of talked into jerry Krause being recognized by short people and this is what this is what honestly yeah, short people are dangerous <laughs> The same thing with Jerry Reinsdorf, which is, he's still the owner of Chicago Bulls, and he's the guy that will be, like, trying to get, to to to, la to have people watch the sport, and then he would rather get the money rather than spend the money, which we've seen that with in the docuseries with Scottie Pippen, of him getting a really low uh, contract for a lot of time. But that, that's the thing with uh, episodes 7 and 8, I wish I had more time with Jerry, the owner, to kind of like hear his opinion, because he's a guy that he doesn't care what people think. And the th same thing with Jerry Krause, he doesn't care what people think. And so I think, it, you know, I, I don't know much about them too, but, you know, that's what docuseries showed us, you know, and that's my honest opinion is that I wish I had more of that. I wish I would be able to, like, go back and watch it and really have, like, more information on it. So I'm relying on other interviews and stuff like that. There's one thing, again, I want to mention that I mentioned in a previous episode is Jared Krause saying it's not the players but the organization. And he got so much crap for it. Oh my goodness. I mean, like, it, yeah, but that's not, that. It, it's not though, you know, it's it's not just about the organization. I mean, organization in general, if you put a, a label on it and say everybody did their part. But at the same time, obviously, obviously, it's not just the players, it's not just the organization. You, ha you have to work it together. But hear me out. When LeBron left for Miami, you didn't see Cleveland be like, that's it. 
we can do this on our own. You know, screw LeBron. No, they Cleveland was just buried, buried. They were always at the bottom when I started following NBA. Yeah, 2009, 2010, something like that. And then that's when Dallas Mavericks won their championship. And then LeBron went to Cle- uh, to Miami, I'm sorry. Uh, Cleveland was really bad. But that's the thing. is like if it was organization, LeBron would have gone to Miami and Cleveland would be a competitive team but unfortunately they weren't so going back to Michael I think Michael did the unthinkable and then he retired to play baseball I think he he did such an amazing historical um, points that just things that everybody was like well if he's gonna go to baseball he's gonna suck as he's a baseball player but then you know, when when I talked to some of my friends that are actual like baseball fanatics, they said that he did actually pretty well. Like he did, you know, if he played a little bit more, maybe he lost a little bit of grip or touch or something like that. But he was actually a pretty decent baseball player. Like it, people didn't complain about it. It brought more attention to baseball, which I think in 2020 is May. It's actually baseball is is getting more and more attention because I've I've been a huge fan of the Chicago Cubs. But as well, long live Noma! So, baseball and uh, Michael was really going hand in hand for for a little bit. If you're Michael Jordan, you can do whatever you want. And I think that's what they understood. Jordan's dad died and Michael was there to blame. That was something that confused me so much. Where everybody's like, it's because of Jordan's, you know, either him saying something or... There was a lot of scrutiny from media just so that they could put like a little stain on Jordan. And I think that that happened with his dad, with, with you know, everybody saying that he has addiction to gambling and all of that. Which Michael said, I'm not addicted to gambling, I am addicted to competitiveness. Which, honestly, it's the same thing with me where I would like... If there's a sport, I have no idea how to play or what to do with it. But I would try my best and be like, I'm better than you. I'm going to put money on it just to put some some pressure on me. So again, media was such a Stephen A. Smith. Uh, it was just a bad way to tell the truth. That's what it was. A bad way to tell the truth. And obviously, Phil Jackson didn't want Michael to retire. He didn't want him to go through all this madness that he did but he understood that you know it's kind of like um michael needed some time away just as much as dennis rodman needed a few days a few moments to be away from basketball away from that spotlight and it was a lot i mean we're talking about the world stopped when michael announced his retirement crazy crazy time to be alive at that time i think if you were a media or camera guy if you didn't get that shot if you weren't in the room when he announced his retirement i think you were out of the job you know while everybody cried jordan was happy which is kind of crazy everybody's like oh my gosh that's it jordan was happy but the owner jerry reinsdorf the owner he wasn't happy it was like uh, well, I guess, I guess that's it. Yep. All right. We're back to being bad, which honestly, whenever Michael was gone, Scotty Pippen, everybody was focusing on Scotty Pippen being a, a legend, being this leader. And that's what, that's what happened. He, he, he led the team. And of course there were other things that the docuseries mentioned that, uh, he wanted to take the final shot in the conference finals. And then all of a sudden it was bad. It was just bad. Or giving to Kukoc. Kukoc, they got from Croatia. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to sit this one out. You know, you're not listening to me. I'm the best player you have. Which is, you know what? If you're on that level, uh, you have to provide the proof that you are the best. And Scotty, that's what happened. So just watching other players at that time play Patrick Ewing, which I thought, like, I was his fan for a bit. 
you know, he's definitely an athlete. Athlete. Um, that's one of the things. Like, I wish I would sit down with him and talk to him because I'm so curious about how was it for them to play against Michael. And I think the docu series, Jason, that's the way he won. He tried to portray is having different players talk about them playing against. And that's what uh, Charles Barkley, a bunch of interviews outside of the docuseries with Jason as well, just talking about how much of Michael dominated the game. And they can't see anybody be just like him nowadays. And that's not coming from like biased point of view. This is exactly what people like. The closest people have gone to, you know, the, the athletes would be like Kobe and LeBron. And that's pretty much it. You know, you obviously, you the glorious warriors, right? Uh, them getting close to that. But at the same time, it, it wasn't it. it. It wasn't that much of competitiveness. But people are like, yeah, <laughs> they would play against Michael. The Bulls would lose the first game. So it would be a one against them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we should have not done that. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> We should have not win that game. And so the next two, Michael would just crucify them on that court. Yeah, it was crazy. A quote that I really, I wrote this down because I was so fascinated by, by the mentality of Michael Jordan. And I, I think there are a few books that talk about just the mentality and competitiveness of, of Michael Jordan has, has coached him. Yeah, Tim Grover. So the quote says this, if you can't handle me at practice, you won't handle the opponent in the game. Which, oh my, oh my goodness, it goes back to our conversation with Michael being so strict and firm during the during the practice. Because I don't think I would be that person. I, I don't think I'm able to survive that, of being that tough on my teammates. Because I feel like I want to bring them to the championship level. But at the same time, I want to be friends with them. Like, I don't want them to hate me. But that's what Michael, did. that's what separated him from everybody else. And the docuseries did go in, in depth about that and... Uh, Michael, he didn't care. I mean, obviously, he was loved by everyone. So I, I don't think that's that's what motivated him to push the, his team, his teammates. The fact that he gave his all and he wanted them to see that they're giving their everything to the game. Um, not talking sacrificing, bleeding, or, you know, obviously not to be too irrational, but again, you have to give your best. And during the practice, if you can't guard or if you can't play with Michael, then how in the world are you supposed to play in the normal game? And obviously the 82 games in the docuseries, Michael said, yeah, that's cool. But, if, you know, playing 82 games is amazing. But if you can't handle the playoffs and the you know, conference finals and the finals, it's, what's the point? And so I think he always was at the end of, uh, you know, playoffs and stuff like that, mentally physically exhausted and I think that's why golf came in and my dad played golf I I dabbled in golf a little bit I wish I had more time and money because it's really expensive where I live here it's just relaxing and I think that's what allowed to balance you know and that's what that's what he said during the practice I want you to push yourself as much as possible outside of practice go relax chill hang out with your family with your friends do whatever you want but give me your all. Michael Jordan knew what he wanted to achieve with baseball. And now he knew what he wanted to do with the rest of his sports, like time with the Bulls and the rest. And media has been scrutinizing the Bulls because of Michael, because there were other athletes, the other players that really did well for the Bulls, but Every, they were seeing through the eyes of Michael. Like, if Michael didn't push them, they, they were like second tier. Even though that was a great team. I mean, the the coaching, the staff of the Bulls, they, they did a tremendous job. A lot of physical coaches 
push the athletes as well and Michael had the same physical coach for 15 years during playoffs as well as regular season wherever he went he had to pay for his flight tickets and all that his name is uh, Tim Grover which he worked with a lot of a lot of athletes and this is something that I took closer to the end of the series I realized that Tim Grover was undeniable part of Michael's life. Michael trained in his physical coach, Tim Grover. Tim actually said in one of the interviews that I watched after watching this docuseries, he said, receiving the information, that's free. There is no cost to that. The price comes in with what you do with that information, and most people aren't willing to do that. Because he actually wrote a book that goes in, in depth about it. All the information that Michael received was the same information that everybody else and a sport NBA in the league received what he did with that information was something that was priceless right because whenever you're young your body is ad adjusting to being the great the greatest obviously you know uh, physical accelerants and then you being you giving your all is good but at the same time you need to train your brain as well and I think that closer to the end of 96 97 and 98 that's what Michael was working on is accelerating his IQ of the game because he knew that he doesn't have a lot of time with his body being at the at the prime time that is seen during Space Jam we talked about how he would wake up early in the morning do his stretches him working on the movie for like 10 12 hours a day him getting an hour or two of stretches and then three hour trainings that's already putting him into a mindset where him being the greatest and a lot of athletes recognize that because they flew in Charles Barkley, Mandy Johnson, Patrick Ewing flew in there to, to play uh, obviously uh, Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman flew in to just play one and one, three and three, five and five, you know, full game, full court and all that. So it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of practice. But again, you're so dedicated to the sport and you're so dedicated to what you're doing. I think that the docuseries did a great job pointing out different side stories, not just the main stories of Michael being the greatest and the Bulls winning the championships, but what it took to get there and different people that are involved that not necessarily uh, have a spotlight or they get millions of dollars, but people who like sp uh, coaches as well as personal physical trainers and all that. Even like in, in episode 9 and 10, this is something that, that struck me of how well they crafted and edited uh, the last two episodes because it talked about like Michael's security and Steve Kerr's family, which... I didn't know that it was such a crucial part to the series. It talked about security guards, his name is Gus, which I feel like after this, a lot of people respect athletes and security guards and their relationship. Because again, uh, the the story, the, the series kept on talking about Gus, how amazing he was focused on securing the, 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 the player's safety, basically. Because a lot of people felt so entitled to be among the players and they're like well i paid the tickets therefore i can touch the players or i can steal the, like their their shoes or their towels or something like that and then sell it on ebay even though ebay didn't exist back then but you know you get the point right getting shoes before the you know new shoes before every single game and trusting that person with those shoes that he wouldn't tamper with them and i really like how steve kerr is whenever in the series he said that uh steve kerr wasn't that he would choke on playoffs and finals and you know he needed to prove that Michael can trust you during the game and it talked about how Steve Kerr 
was cruci- it was giving up a lot of things and including you know him going to Arizona uh to to play for a university and then how he intentionally spent more and more time practicing than playing because he didn't have a lot of minutes in the beginning and it was just funny to see how like this guy is a Golden State Warriors coach but before he got he's the first I think he's the first player to have a four peat which is you know, he did three uh, finals uh, championships with the Bulls and then the fourth one right after he did with the Spurs. Which is kind of curious. Like, that guy knows what he's doing. At the end of the series, it wasn't just about Michael. It wasn't just about the Bulls and the Michael. It, w- it was about what made them so special. You know, and uh, there, there's this article that I found with uh, New York Post, actually. Different quotes and different backstories of what did the series miss or what did they not give a full extent of. And this guy, Horns Grand, you know, he, he played for the Bulls, obviously. Then he played for Magic and the Bulls faced Magic a couple of times and they played together. He Then he went to Supersonics, Lakers, and kind of like Magic and Lakers again. But he was the guy that's like... The, he said the docuseries didn't tell the full truth and there's a lot of things that they missed up on. And, you know, quotes like, uh, there was a, you know, that was a complete and blatant lie by Michael about a couple of quotes that I really want to uh, drive home here. Uh, whenever Michael got sick and he had a flu-like symptoms and all that, Grant says the, the pizza thing, the poison, that was a complete nonsense. He says that... um uh, you know, there were a couple of other things like that I won't go into. They weren't major, but the thing at the end about Michael returning to play for 90, uh, 98, 99 was a complete blatant lie. I don't know what happened. And so it's kind of like you can't really trust. Like we got this uh, uh, docuseries by ESPN that they did such a great job researching. Then all of a sudden they were like, yeah, some of the things were a lie or something was stretched out. I mean, obviously, maybe they... Uh, they did a poor job maybe just telling a little bit or like they would stretch an interview or something like that where they obviously they want to get emotions but people like you know Grant he wasn't really uh feeling it I guess going back to before how the media scrutinized Michael Jordan even now whenever Michael is like here's it you know this is the information this is what I said yeah Phil Jackson was like I'm okay with sitting down and giving you three hours, but at the same time, what are your sources? Who are you talking to? And so I think that it, there's a lot of information that that I agree with, and I and I do believe that it's truth because a lot of other sources responded positive, you know, positive on on this pot uh, on this um, series. But at the same time, maybe there were a few here and there things that were a little bit stretched out. Quotes like this: uh, Horns was a stubborn guy in his own right. He was very close with Scotty. There was all uh, there was always Scotty's closest friend Smith said, and I think that's what all the, all this is was about. His talking to Scotty. Scotty hasn't said anything publicly. Hasn't said a single thing about this, and everything has been forced, if you will. I think he's defending Scotty. I think they will talk almost every day. This is probably uh, partially coming from Scotty as far as reaction to the things Horns is saying. I guess the in in relation to realness about different things that were stretched out. Obviously, Grant being uh, I guess like not a snake, but a person who didn't say the truth or he was stretched out different things. You know, Grant saying that it's BS in terms of the realness of it. That you know, Pippen, who was not uh, depicted very favorably, has yet to speak publicly about it. But he also was livid. You know, Pippen was very livid at his portrayal. 
in the 10-part series, according to ESPN host David uh, Kaplan. I think that there was a lot of there, there was a lot of things, obviously, that maybe a few things that were stretched out, but it was uh, it was a point of view. It was uh, definitely a fact check. I think this series would give a huge potential for every single athlete out there who did such a tremendous job, but everybody's a huge fan of them, you know, like Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant, and I think Klay Thompson is coming out with a series, which... I, I don't know. It will be interesting to watch. So I just want to conclude this episode with saying YouTube uh, comment, which is kind of, it's not a source, but this is something that as I was reading, I kind of want to get your opinion. If you want to, you know, talk about it in our Instagram post that we're going to post later tonight and tomorrow, uh, follow us on starting on the bench on Instagram, starting on the bench or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever we're hosted. So here's a quote. If you want stats, look for LeBron. If you want rings, look for Russell. If you want MVPs, look for Kareem. If you want records, look for Wilt. If you want impact, look for Steph Curry. If you want dominance in a position, look for Shaq. If you're in uh, perimeter defense, find Gary Payton. If you want athletics, find Camp, Giannis, and Malone. If you want greatness, look for Bird or Magic. Shout out Bird and Magic. If you want ex- uh, exquisite dunks, look for Carter, Dr. J, or Wilkins. If you want a good trash talker, look for Garrett. Amen, Garrett. If you want influence, look for Iverson. If you want remarkable scoring skills, look for Duran. If you want competitiveness, look for Kobe. If you want a good slice of all that fit to a single player, then look for Michael Jordan. That's going to be my the, the end point of this episode. And docuseries and i'm excited to talk more about in the future about uh different docuseries that are coming out and their point of view and you know how can that benefit the sports and you know we're we're keeping it 100 we're keeping it real here and truth be told looking back at all 10 i'm probably gonna re i'm probably gonna rewatch everything all 10 again and then you know this upcoming week um I just I'm left with a feeling that I never want to be compared to Michael. Maybe because I don't think I'm worse than him, but he came with his own set of success and problems. And I think that's what I want us to take away from this darkest series is that we're all different and Michael needed certain people around him to win those championships. He he couldn't do it alone and I really do not want to be compared to Michael. And I think a lot of athletes realize now that it's just a different specimen. So I ask you to be a part of our team. Subscribe to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And thanks for tuning in. That's been it. I'll see you in the next one. All right. Peace. Peace.